This is Money Made Simple, the financial podcast that keeps it simple and gets to the point. Kia ora and welcome back to the show brought to you by Simplicity. So today's episode is something that's been an issue for a really long time but has recently come up as a subject that's more than ever so important to talk about and that is regarding the ever-increasing world of scams, particularly via online or digital methods, aka cybercrime. Jenny, it's becoming more and more of a problem, right? Yeah, financial scams are becoming increasingly prolific, as well as more sophisticated at targeting even the most vigilant people. Yeah, you typically hear maybe your grandma or grandpa or, or someone, but I mean, it can target younger people, right? Yeah, these are people who probably consider themselves to be quite tech savvy exactly. and onto it. Many scams that people get targeted by here in New Zealand are actually likely to be run by criminals overseas. And so once you give them any money, mm. it can be really hard to get it back. Which must be awful, right? Yeah, so that's whether someone's transferred money even to a local entity. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to be anywhere near where it ends up. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's just gone to that New Zealand bank out. But by the time you realise, potentially. Yeah. It's yeah. long gone. So let's run through some top line stats and information around scams in New Zealand. Yeah, I bet you've got some facts at the ready. Do you live? Of course I do. <laughs> so according to... Financial Markets Authority research, one in five Kiwis have already been targeted by an investment scam. And that is just a really small proportion of the scams targeting people. So the government runs CertNZ, which is basically an organisation that specifically deals with people and businesses affected by cybersecurity incidents, releases a quarterly report on cybercrime in New Zealand, which shows some pretty worrying stats in 2023. Text message-based phishing. Which, I uh, don't know if you know this, but it's um, actually referred to as smishing. Oh, it's a lot cuter than it actually smishing, is, right? Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, smishing is very much on the rise. So popular examples of these smishing scams include the NZTA scam, which tells you about your apparent unpaid tolls, yes. and the one from New Zealand Post, so telling you that your um, parcel has been left and that you need to click the link. Not just New Zealand Post, other courier services. A couple of other stats from NZCERT, financial losses reported specifically to them in the first quarter of 2023 were up by over 60%, so almost $6 million for the quarter. And they also report that AI is likely helping scammers. So they're using AI tools to write more convincing phishing emails in potentially multiple languages, so globally and targeting different nationals. And they can also create malicious code and even impersonate people in live chats. Well, wow, that's quite scary, isn't it? And you, you realise that that technology is evolving so fast and is the protective software and the things we know keeping it at pace with AI. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. And, and scammers are literally working to make sure that it doesn't, it right? Doesn't. Yeah. And I know um, many of the banks also do their own research, don't they, and, and provide useful insights and guidance. We've definitely seen an increase in emails coming out from our banks telling us, what we can and shouldn't expect yep. from them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, money is being spent on trying to keep people safe. So BNZ actually released a report in August this year with them estimating that nine out of 10 New Zealanders have been targeted, which is up 13% year on year. I mean, nine out of 10, right? Yeah, that's so huge. That's, that's most of us. Yes. Well, it sure is, 90%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully, we do seem to be getting more scam savvy over time. So around one in 10 People have actually fallen victim or like lost money as a result of these targeted scams. The three most popular scams reported by BNZ over the last 12 months have been government impersonation, 
followed by bank impersonation, so they like to impersonate businesses yep. that you trust, and then fake prizes or grant scams. Which just plays on that human desire to be a winner, right? Yeah, and for exactly. free stuff. Exactly. Um, email is still the most common channel being used, but as CertNZ also reported, text message scams or smishes are on the rise as well as social media, but text and phone calls are still popular methods. Understandably, social media scams tend to be more targeted to younger generations, and then your phone calls which makes sense, are more targeted to 50-plus audiences. And, and one thing that I noticed in that report on the more positive side was that around two-thirds of the people surveyed said that they'd seen some educational comms around scam prevention. Mm. So they had some knowledge of what to look out for. Yeah, so all that work that the banks and us and, and FMA and all of these other organisations are trying to do is kind of to some extent getting through. Yeah, but, you know, those are not nice stats, not are they? No. And it basically seems like scams, are, they're getting savvier and despite there being more info out there that's trying to protect consumers from losing money or passing on their personal information, the scammers are working just as hard to keep innovating and finding ways to trick us. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons I really wanted to produce this podcast today um, was that it's recently affected me personally. So someone that I know very well has been scammed out of a very significant amount of money. Yeah, that was awful experience for you as well, right? Yes. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here in terms of the personal side of this. But I, as I've said, it was a person that's very close to me. And so was and still is pretty upsetting to talk about. But I think it's worth sharing as from the research I did after the fact, apparently it's actually a really common scam both here and around the world. So how it works is... Basically, it preys on the emotional ties between close family members or friends. This one was text message based, where a random number texted this person and many, many others at the same time, I'm sure, late at night pretending to be their child. So they were saying that the child had smashed their phone and was texting via a friend, feigning distress that all the data on said smashed phone was at risk of being lost. They then asked this person to help them quickly pay their network provider a small amount to recover the data, saying they didn't have access to their bank accounts or cards as they were just on their phone. Then after this person provided, unfortunately, their credit card details, they came back and said that they needed the bank account details. So let's remember that the person being scammed here had no suspicions that this wasn't their child. Kind of an emotional play. I guess assuming that the person won't start to see red flags. Are they sort of saying, hey dad, it's me, can you help or is it quite generic? Hey, bro. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, they, they were very much using and, – and let's remember they don't actually know who this person is. They've just spammed a whole lot of numbers. And they're hoping, hoping to catch someone in their net. Yeah. So, yes, in the instance they used a kind of family member title. Yeah. And so this person believed that it was their child. And, I mean, it was 11 o'clock at night. Didn't even for a second think that it might not be their child. So bank details were provided and subsequently several transactions were made. Um, gets a little bit complex at this point, so I won't go into more details. But 24 hours later, this person was rung by their bank to find out that all of their accounts had been completely cleaned out, given it had been a scammer who they'd given their bank login and credit card details to. So looking this scam up, it's sometimes been coined the high mum scam and then there are several similar variations that are commonly carried out. And, and one of the really awful things about it that I saw in this instance was the shame that comes from having fallen victim to a scam. The person I know went through so much pain, not just from losing their kind of like their life savings, but also from feeling that humiliation that they got kind of, you know, hook, line and sinkage. And that's one of the even harder things, I think, about being affected by this type of thing. 
they're actually sometimes not reported or shared widely because people are just too embarrassed to share that they've had it happen to them. They didn't think that they would fall for something and then in the moment, even the timing of that is pretty cynical, sending it quite late at night, Mm -hmm. a child in distress, Mm -hmm. you're not fully sort of with it necessarily, so you're like, oh goodness, I just want to help and you make some sort of poorly judged decisions that are totally understandable in the context of looking after the people that you love. Exactly. Yeah, and it's all deliberate, all of the bits of it. Would be deliberately from learning how it works and doesn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, these people would have lots of experience in scamming. Yeah. But anyway, so let's quickly run through some of the other common scams that are targeting New Zealanders now. Well, yeah, as we mentioned before, a really common one comes from a bank or New Zealand Post or an insurance company just simply asking you to click a link to stop a problem happening. So maybe a parcel that's gone to the wrong address or you owe money on a road toll and if you don't pay it now, there'll be a penalty. There's usually some urgency. Absolutely. What else? Uh, Emails, social media accounts or text messages claiming that you've won a prize or a grant. And again, they're getting you to click a link. To and redeem that's it. that's where the danger lies, that's right? That's the danger, yeah. yeah. Investment scams are also really popular where companies promise unrealistically high returns and or guarantees, and often with little apparent risks, so that's a red flag there. And then cold calls from your bank or other financial provider. So an actual person impersonating the fraud team asking for personal information to secure your account. So they may trick you into thinking that you have been or you're about to be scammed, mm in order that you will hand over your personal information to prevent that from happening. Yeah, Not knowing that that's the scam itself. Exactly. No, the super common one. And social media scams from fake profiles or businesses demanding that you take action and click links to avoid being locked out of your social media account. Yes, we get those all the time on the uh, Simplicity Socials. Lots of people tell us every day that we've gone against Facebook's rules. And I think in nearly all of these cases, they... Uh, asking you to do something, usually mm-hmm. click a link, and that's where the danger lies. Receiving them, if you do nothing, doesn't you can report doesn't get it. You. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get you. Yeah, yeah. So there are obviously a lot more scams out there that can and do happen. Be aware and careful when you receive any comms that you're not sure about the origin or the vibe of it, or even if it could just be very remotely suspicious. Yeah, you're better to slightly annoy a real person than. Mm. Uh, follow exactly. follow a lead that your instincts tell you are, are not right. No, so let's let's go through a couple of red flags to watch out for. So any unsolicited communication, aka unexpected emails, text calls, any messages that immediately or eventually ask you for personal or financial information. Yeah. So always verify who is contacting you, whether it be someone you think you know or an organisation you deal with. That might be uncomfortable sometimes, mm. asking someone <laughs> to verify, the, to verify who they yeah. are or, and who they represent. It's worth doing. Yeah. Exactly. Another red flag, investment companies or opportunities that you don't recognise or are making claims that seem better than what you would think would be possible. Again, verify the details, check reviews and see if they have any. That's often a good place that people can pick up and report on scams and get a second opinion or advice on whether that's actually a good idea once you've verified that they're legit. 
That's so true of all those um, sort of emails and text messages too. If you're like, I'm not sure about this, and you Google the wording, mm. it'll come up straight away if it's a scam that's been used yep. elsewhere. So yep. it, that's an easy way to check. Absolutely. Um, another one is high pressure tactics. So communication, whether they seem to be from someone you know or you don't know, that don't give you any time to think. So this is a common way that scammers succeed before someone has time to properly assess the situation. Mm. So it's kind yeah. of like, if you don't do this now, this terrible yeah. thing is going to happen. Well, that's exactly what happened to that person that I was talking about. There was an urgency to their child needing help. Help, right yeah. now. Yeah. And finally, outdated software running on your devices and or, and this is a really, really common one for people, similar or same passwords across multiple different devices or logins. So these can mean that it's really easy for scammers to attack. This might be my own action post making this episode. My husband and I... I can get into anything yeah. <laughs> of his because I know his single password. And I would say that that is so common across the board because how many people are good at remembering 60 different passwords oh, I know. for different logins? It's so hard. Yeah, but it does make you more vulnerable to scams. And if you do get scammed once, that means that it's a lot higher likelihood of scammers or hackers coming for you again. Um, and so some more steps that you can take to um, avoid being scammed um, online are staying educated and informed. The FMA has a list of common scams that they update frequently and many banks also keep consumers updated on their latest scams that seem to be targeting their own consumers and might be really common across other banks and other providers. And share the info with your friends and family. Yeah, if you've heard of something or been affected by something, then yes, absolutely spread the word about that. Yeah. In our head of tech, Amir has also put a list together for us to help our members and everyone, of course, whether they're Simplicity members or not, to keep their online data more secure. Mm -hmm. So I think he has five key tips. The first one, um, you know, it's a bit annoying, but it's totally worth doing, enabling two-factor authentication. It's one of the most crucial security features you can use, and most financial providers will offer this kind of protection to add a layer of security to your accounts. Absolutely enable it. Mm, mm. I know that it's an, it's an extra step for you, but it's an extra barrier for scammers. Yeah, so just do it. Just yeah. do it. Another one is using, as we've just talked about, strong, unique passwords. Create distinct passwords for different logins, so avoiding your reliance on a single password across multiple systems or platforms or devices. Related to that is keep your password confidential. Mm -hmm. So never share your password or login details with anyone, even your family. And even an if your kid texts you from a yes. random number asking you for your details. Especially if that happens. Mm -hmm. An organisation shouldn't and won't ask you to give them your password via direct communications ever. So if you get a request like that... It's a red flag. Absolutely. And the fourth is take phishing seriously. Or smishing. So, or smishing. <laughs> I find that really hard to say. Or take seriously. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to take phishing and smishing seriously. <laughs> if you receive what you think might be a suspicious email, text or DM, be careful. Seek help if you need directly mm -hmm. from your provider and don't click any links that you're not sure of. Never click those links. So, I mean, our, our email systems are getting more sophisticated and they're getting good at flagging something for us to say, I'm not sure if this is a legit email. You might want to think about it, but like we said, the scammers are getting better too and they're finding ways around Constant that. Flight, right? So anything that you're even vaguely suspicious of, do do a bit of uh, research before you go any further. Yeah. And finally, report security incidents promptly. If your email is compromised, 
please contact us or your provider or whoever you're um, kind of dealing with immediately. Similarly, if any of your accounts with other financial institutions experience a security breach, reach out to us as well without delay. So just remember that when one system has been kind of compromised, that could have a flow on effect to others, especially if you have similar passwords or email um, details that you use between different platforms or services. So lock it down. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So golden rules here are be suspicious, use unique strong passwords for everything, and don't share private details or information with Anyone, Anyone, even if you think it's someone you you know well, and always report anything that happens, whether it be to your financial service provider or even the FMA, you can report things to them. Um, Information about what's going on out there is really useful to those kind of groups that are trying to keep consumers safe. Yeah, so we can all help each other. So that's Scams. Scams 101. Liv, for sharing your own personal experience. I know it's a hard story Mm. to tell. But what are we up to next week? Well, actually, next week is Christmas. Woohoo! We're going to be taking a bit of a break over the holidays, like we assume many of you will. We'll be back with another episode on the 15th of January, where we'll be tackling diversification in investing. Why it's important, how you can do it, the benefits, etc. So have a beautiful holiday break. Stay safe from scams especially and hopefully enjoy the beautiful summer weather. We'll catch you in a few weeks. Happy holidays. See ya. This podcast contains personal opinions and is intended to provide educational information only. It doesn't relate to your particular financial situation or goals and is not financial advice or recommendations. Simplicity New Zealand Limited is the issuer of the Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme and Investment Funds. For product disclosure statements, please visit Simplicity's website, simplicity.kiwi.